business owner, part of my job is to make sure everyone who I'm involved with, my clients, my suppliers, my employees, everyone should prosper and everyone should be paid well. Welcome to the Small Business Celebration Podcast, where we guide you, the small business owner, from the status quo to success to transformation with tools like this podcast, customized workshops, and personalized detailed coaching. I'm your host, Michael I. Roberts, and today our guest is Tim McNeely of Lifestone Financial. Today, Tim is going to guide us on how to find the best types of clients for you and your business, how to go far with others, and the value of having a business coach. But before we get into this wide-ranging interview, let's hear a quick message from our sponsors. Tim McNeely with Lifestone Wealth Management understands that most entrepreneurs like you simply want to make a difference in the lives of the people they love and the causes they care about. In order to do that, you need assistance in solving all of your unique financial needs. The problem is, your current financial advisor wants to talk about what a great job they are doing managing your investment portfolio, and that can leave you feeling frustrated and misunderstood. Tim believes you deserve financial advice that moves beyond your portfolio. Tim understands that you need advice on minimizing taxes, taking care of the next generation, and protecting your hard-earned assets, all while supporting the causes you are passionate about. That is why, for the last 20 years, Tim has focused on providing advice beyond investments. Here's how it works. First, you and Tim meet, and he learns what really matters to you. Then, Tim presents a plan for moving forward, making real progress towards achieving your most important goals. To get started, contact Tim at lifestonewm.com. That's lifestonewm.com. And start making a difference in the lives of the people you love and the causes you care about. Today's economy is growing. The question is, Are the team of new employees you are going to bring on board going to help you build a strong and profitable business? Small Business Celebration can guide you to three indispensable virtues that make some people better team players than others and build a framework with easy-to-use tools for identifying, hiring, and developing ideal team players for your organization. If you want to create a culture of teamwork for your business that is simple, practical, and works, Go to smallbusinesscelebration.com today. Build a team that wants you to succeed. Go to smallbusinesscelebration.com today. We're sitting here with Tim McNeely. Welcome to the podcast. Why, thank you. He's going to tell us a little bit about his business and what it is that he does. So tell us, what's the name of your company and what is it that you do? I am the CEO of Lifestone Wealth Management. And Lifestone Wealth Management works with a limited number of dentists and entrepreneurs helping make work optional. Work optional. Now, I know that's something that a lot of us entrepreneurs want to be able to do. And uh, how are you exactly doing that? Well, what we do is we follow a comprehensive wealth management process that really moves beyond the investments and addresses the key concerns that entrepreneurs and business owners have. And by doing that, we can help accelerate their success and help them reach that point where showing up at the office is truly optional. And we really help them transition from being an employee to truly owning a business. What makes your system and your business approach different from the 100,000 other financial wealth management companies that are out there? When it comes to wealth management, if you survey those 100,000, you know, the, the mass financial advisors out there and you ask them to define wealth management, 
they're going to sure tell you what wealth management is. And most of the definitions are going to focus around investments. They're going to talk a lot about asset allocation, which is how you split your money up and what sorts of different investments are in. They're going to talk about how they've got a process for picking stocks and bonds and putting a portfolio together. And like I said, most of their answer is really going to focus on the investments. Whereas when you study elite wealth managers and you look at what we do at Lifestone, we really push that definition far beyond investments. And for us, we like to use a wealth management formula to really describe what wealth management is. And there's three major components to wealth management. The first is investment consulting. So that's what 100% of financial advisors do. That is the stocks and bonds and putting the portfolio together. But the dirty secret that most people don't like to talk about is that's very commoditized these days. And it's hard to add value through investments alone. It's not to say that some people don't do it better than others. It's just really hard to add value. So that's where we get into the next element of wealth management, which is advanced planning. And there's four key elements of advanced planning. The first one is wealth enhancement. And wealth enhancement is all about improving cash flows. How do we get your tax bill down? How do we get your cash flow up? The second major concern and second area of advanced planning is wealth transfers. How do you get your money? How do you get your assets to the next generation, the, the people that you care about and that you want to support? Then we come to wealth protection. We are in a very, very litigious society where lawsuits are rampant, and we do live in fear of losing what we've worked so hard about. And wealth protection is how do we wrap our arms around our assets and make sure they're protected from being unjustly taken either through lawsuit or some sort of a divorce. And then lastly, about a third of the people I work with are very charitably inclined, and they have causes that they care passionately about. But they don't have a well-thought-out plan to help support that charity and make sure it has an impact on their taxes. So those four elements are really where we spend a lot of our time at Lifestone Wealth Management is on that wealth enhancement, the wealth transfer, the wealth protection, and charitable gifting. And that advanced planning is really the second element of wealth management. I've known you for a little while here, and I know that the financial services industry is not something that is new to you and you just dove into because of on a whim. You actually grew up in the business of of, finan of the financial industry, uh, starting with your father, I believe. Yeah, that's correct. So I've been in uh, business with my father for, oh, since about 2001 now, I think. And uh, it's it's been a, a good run. Love working with Dad. Um, but, you know, there, there's an interesting lesson, right? I, I, we're here to talk about small business and, and celebrate small businesses. And, and, and I got to applaud you for what you're doing. I, I absolutely Thank am, you. am a fan of the podcast and it's just so thrilled because ultimately I love small businesses. And, you know, in going to, to business with my dad, one of the, the lessons I learned early on is you got to have focus when you're building your business. And, uh, you know, dad and I have very differing opinions on how financial services should be run and, and wealth management investments. And so, you know, early on, you know, w even though we started the firm together, even though we still work in the office, we run very different clients and we run very, very different businesses, even though we're in the same industry. But yeah, so work with dad, love it. What is the key customer type that you're looking for? Well, when it comes to, to business philosophy, um, you really got to go back to serving the client. You, you got to go back to who can you have an impact on and who will benefit from the, the products and services that you're offering. How can you make a difference? 
And how are you targeting specific clients and specific customers? Because the financial services industry, like you just mentioned before, is very wide and very diverse. How do you go and specifically target specific clients for your business? Well, the the, the targeting of, of clients is really through three means. Um, you know, within the, the financial industry, I find that I get most of my clients from working with non-competing professionals. And, you know, we, we touched on, on wealth management, and I never got the third part. And the, the third part is relationship management. Because when you look at the advanced planning strategies, you need a team of professionals to help you implement these. Wealth management is bigger than what one person can do alone. You can't be a subject matter expert in everything. You can be a subject matter expert in one thing, and you should do that one thing really well. And then you bring in the team of professionals to help you implement everything else. And so most of my business comes from those non-competing professionals that I work with in a professional capacity because they're aware of what I do and, and how I serve my clients. The second major source of business for me is actually referrals from existing clients. It's, it's people who know me, who I've worked with, and who have seen the value that I provide, and they choose to share that with friends. And then lastly, it's marketing. It's outreach, it's speaking engagements, it's you know the, the email marketing, all the stuff that you know businesses spend a lot of time and effort on. I noticed that you have two black standard size poodles. And you also have a lovely bride, uh, Dr. Dana Yeoman of Second Smile Denture Care, who's also a small business owner herself. How did your business change when you, when you met Dr. Dana? How has your business evolved? Early on in my life, I was one of those financial advisors who focused on investments only. That's what I did, and I was pretty good at it. And then I met and fell in love with uh, the beautiful Dr. Dana, and through the, the process of bringing our lives together, I saw she was struggling in her business. Um, she would have issues with cash flow or issues with employees or you know, even facing a potential disability at one point. And all of a sudden, we were facing challenges that investments alone couldn't solve. And I was actually struggling with being a financial advisor. It was something that really wasn't a passion for me. It was just a job. And so all of a sudden I found myself in a, a job I didn't love and unable to take care of the person I loved the most and, and something needed to change. And I started studying what the, the best wealth managers do. I, I really studied the principles of elite wealth managers. And that's where I discovered this wealth management process. And I, I discovered the wealth management formula and really that framework for having an impact. And so working through that with Dana, we were able to solve some of those issues. We addressed the cash flow she was having. We took a deep dive, discovered she was paying way too much interest on one of her mortgages for her building. We refinanced, freed up a lot of cash flow. A lot of the stress went away. With the disability issue, we took a deep dive into her disability policy and actually discovered it was set up incorrectly when she first bought it. Some well-meaning professional sold her the policy and gave her bad advice. He was trying to be helpful, and I believe most professionals do try to be helpful, but they just don't have the skills, and they don't necessarily know how to do things properly. So we caught that error, corrected it, and it actually was going to give her an extra $2,000 a month in income if she needed it while we were facing that disability. And so working through those, those trials and struggles with Dana, I was able to see the big impact I could have on small business owners. And that's where my passion really started to come through 
because I saw that what I did made a difference in people's lives. I, I saw the, the comfort that Dana had, and she was able to get back to doing what she loves, and that's making people smile. And so that, that's how she was really able to have a big impact on my life and business. You learned a lot from your father, and I'm sure he was a great mentor for you in a lot of different sort of ways. Have you had any other mentors in life other than your father that helped you with your, your business and the success you're having today? Yeah, absolutely. Mentors are so, so important. And, and this was a lesson that I didn't really learn until later on in life. Um, if I could go back and talk to my 18-year-old self, I would uh, tell myself, get mentors, surround yourself with others. There's a, a great African proverb that I, that I love, and it's actually in our mission statement and our vision for Lifestone. And the African proverb says, if you want to go fast, go alone. If you want to go far, go with others. And that's so true in life and in business. And, you know, some of the, the mentors that have, have made the biggest difference are actually just authors and books that I read. Um, I do, I don't know, 15, 20 books a year, and I'm always learning. And the, these authors speak to me. I learn from them. The other mentors that I have is I'm involved in coaching programs. I have coaches around me. I have peer coaches. I have um, other people in the industry that I'm on the phone on a weekly basis with where we're talking about our trials and struggles and holding each other accountable to execute on what we said we were going to get done. Excellent. And what book are you reading right now? The My favorite book of the moment is uh, is actually Story Brand by Donald Miller. And this book is absolutely fantastic. The clarity it brings to marketing and messaging is just unparalleled by anything else I've ever read. The other book that I've really been enjoying is called The Judgment of Paris, which is a retelling of the 1976 uh, wine judgment that took place in Paris, where California took the clean sweep and uh, Stag's Leap and Chateau Montalena won. And you enjoy wine, I take it. I absolutely love wine. It's uh, another passion of mine. Um, I actually have gone through getting my uh, wine and spirits education, level one, and working on level two. and. Eventually, I'll go sit and uh, go through the Court of Master Sommeliers. Excellent. Now, do you enjoy any other kinds of beverages out there that are other than wine? Well, it's funny you should ask that. One of my <laughs> one of my side projects is, as you should know, my friend is uh, we work on the Bakersfield Whiskey Society together and love whiskey. Does the Whiskey Society have a direct impact on your business, or is this something that you do that you gain some personal benefit or some personal reward from outside of your business? It is purely a personal project that, that I love. Um, I love building community. I love bringing people together. And as a, as a hobby and as a whiskey drinker, if you do it alone, you're an alcoholic. But if you can do it with a whole <laughs> bunch of friends, well, that's another story. But the the Whiskey Society, it's just a great opportunity to, to bring some people up, have great events, get together with, with new faces and old, and learn what makes whiskey whiskey. Describe uh, the latest event that you had and the turnout, and, and who was there to to talk about it. Yeah, we had uh, Anna Ryan from Teeling Irish Whiskey come up. And Teeling represents everything that's right in Irish whiskey right now. They're, they're young, they're forward-thinking, they're innovative. And the things that they're doing with the, the barrel aging, the different types of barrels that they're using, they're just making incredible, incredible whiskeys. And so we had the opportunity to sample the core teeling range of their three whiskeys that are commercially available here in the U.S. 
And for the society, I always like to try to do something special for everyone. And, <laughs> and I'm actually a little disappointed with what I did because I don't know how I'm going to top it. <laughs> and uh, I actually ordered three whiskeys from Ireland and from the distillery in Teeling. They're all limited edition. Uh, two of them are limited to about 7,000 bottles. The other is 10,000 bottles. And we brought those over. We were able to share them with everyone in the society, whiskeys that you just can't get here in the States, even if you wanted to. So that was a lot of fun. And for this event that you had, I'm guessing you did it all by yourself. You planned it all, and you put it all together, and you, you found a location, and you did, a, did everything yourself, correct? Well, no, that's where teamwork <laughs> comes in. Um, we have a, a great team of supporters. I do most of the, the marketing and sourcing of venues through networking. We were able to partner with uh, the Old Fashioned Social Drinkery, which was just a, a fantastic venue, and, and we were able to bring them a lot of people who had never been there before. And the Old Fashioned Social Drinker, if you haven't been there, you got to go. They've got uh, no TVs on the wall, and it's a place for conversation, which is what makes it so great. Um, we also had Tamala come out and help us with all the wonderful food, and my wife, and of course, uh, you are a big supporter in this process also, so thank you. Oh, you're welcome. And uh, for those of you who don't know, Tamala Davison is my wife and uh, an event party planner, and she had a great time putting it all together. So I'd like to take a step back a little bit because this is a business podcast, and if we keep talking about the Whiskey Society, somebody will might get the notion that uh, we drink as much as we play. But uh, I wanted to ask you, you had the opportunity growing up, you were in your, you're working with your father. And I know from my own personal experience, my parents were, were teachers and growing up in the world of teaching, I discovered that it was a profession I did not want to do. And so I went into something completely differently. And what about you? Why did you decide to follow in your father's footsteps or why did you decide to go into a business by yourself? Following in dad's footsteps seemed like a, an easy path, which is what was appealing to it. And being a young kid and, and always seeing my dad work, he had a good income, had time off, and I thought, ah, that's what I want to do. But ultimately, I think that's why I was really struggling with being a financial advisor at first is because I went into it for the wrong reasons, right? I went into it for the money. I went into it for the, the, you know, the, the freedom and flexibility. But not having the, the passion for it really led to just some despair and, and unsatisfaction in life. The business ownership part started because as a, a an advisor working as an employee for someone, I realized all my hard work was actually making someone else wealthy, and I didn't want to do that. I certainly don't mind sharing the wealth. I believe as a business owner, part of my job is to make sure everyone who I'm involved with, my clients, my suppliers, my employees, everyone should prosper and everyone should be paid well. But I also believe that the people who work hard should be rewarded for it. And as an employee, there just wasn't the rewards of business ownership. What book are you gifting to other people right now that you that you think are is worth giving? Well, the book that I love and actually just gave you a copy of is uh, by John Rulin, and it's called Giftology. And the reason I love gifting this book is it really is about gifting, not to not to get more business, but just to show people that you appreciate them and to be generous. And if I can help the world be a more generous place, that's what I want to do. So that's why I love gifting this book out. And it's it's really influenced me in how I give also. 
and I'll share some of the, the insights. But, you know, the, the gifting industry really gets things wrong. We send gifts when they're expected, right? You send them on someone's birthday, you send them at Christmas time, you send them at Easter. Everyone's expecting to get stuff then. If you want to do gifting right, you got to give it when people don't expect it, right? You want it coming out of the blue. The other thing I've learned that's really important is you want to give people gifts that, that speak to them. Don't give them something with your logo on it. Don't give them something with your name on it. You do that, it's going to end up in the trash. But if I send you a nice knife or if I send you some, some recycled and, and upcycled uh, wine bottles that have been made into cups with your initials on them, that's something you're going to appreciate. And every time you use it, you're going to be thinking of me, even without my logo. <laughs> so I love John Rulin, love Giftology, and like I said, I want the world to be a more generous place. A successful business owner often has rituals that they that they do every day to start their day as well as what they do at the end of the day. And as a successful business owner like yourself, what are your pre in the morning pre pre business rituals that you currently have? You know, it, it's a it's a very interesting question and it, it's one I've thought about because in a lot of the the books I read, they they do talk about the those rituals. Um when it comes to, to daily rituals, it, it really is going back and reviewing my overall plans for the business to, to keep me focused. And I, I, the, the rituals I have really tend to, to fall in more cyclical patterns. One of the things that I live by, here's another great book for you, is the 12-week year. And I love breaking my, my projects, my, my stints up into periods of 12 weeks. And the reason that that tends to work so well is if I'm in January and I'm setting goals for the year, well, I've got till December 31st to hit those goals, and that's 365 days away. i got lots of time to do that. But all of a sudden, if I put my goals down and I craft them over a 12-week period, that's only 60 days to get it done. And I get a whole lot done in those 60 days. And so part of the, the daily ritual is going back in, looking at my goals over those 12 weeks, and then asking myself, what do I have to get done today that's going to help drive the business forward? What are the important things that i got to do? And those important things usually aren't return client phone calls. It's not you know, pay taxes. It's not do payroll. It's, it's what are the rocks? You know, what's, the, what's the next article I've got to write? What's the, what's the next book or the next video I've got to record? Right? What are the big high-level things that are going to have the biggest impact that I can get done? And I try to come up with three. Usually I get to about one, and that's fine. <laughs> what three habits do you do every week, every month, that keeps you focused on your 12-week year? The, the habits are I write things down. you got to write things down. you got to have them written. you got to have them in front of you, and you got to review them. you got to be looking at them. Um, the other thing I do is I don't use to-do list. I hate to-do list. And the reason is to-do lists just become a, a drawer of guilt and shame because the more things I add on the to-do list, it keeps growing, and then I look at it and I'm like, man, I haven't done any of these things. So one of the, the principles that I try to do is time blocking. I use my calendar as my to-do list, and I block out time to get it done. And when I'm working on whatever's in my calendar, I don't do other things. And so that's, that's probably my biggest ritual is, is using my calendar and using it religiously. You look at my calendar, it's got time blocks for almost everything I do. 
you've had a lot of success in your business. You've been able to, for fun, support your, your habit in both wine and whiskey and enjoy yourself. And what kinds of activities do you and Dr. Dana like to do for, with the two of you uh, now that you are becoming more and more successful with your, with your company? Well, they're a lot of the same things we've always done. We love cars and have a passion for going up to Monterey every year for Car Week. That's a big thing. We do wine classes together. We run the Whiskey Society together. We are also big cosplay fans. And oh. uh, we love getting dressed up and going to different steampunk festivals. And uh, for those of you that don't know, steampunk is Victorian science fiction. And uh, as steampunks, we like to pretend we are a band of time travelers going wherever we want and exploring different things. One of our uh, most recent outings was actually down to the California Science Center <laughs> with the uh, Atlantean Foundation, and we got to see King Tut. We were all dressed up as Victorian explorers. and uh, I, could just, to... I could just imagine a whole, a very, the California Science Fender Center is very clean and very, very scientific and very sterile, and I could just imagine it being filled with people in Victorian garb and, and the other visitors who weren't included or didn't get the memo. I could just imagine their, the looks on their faces. Yeah, they, they weren't quite sure what they were seeing, and then when they would ask, of course, we would reply that we were a loose band of time travelers, <laughs> and then their eyes got really big. So it was quite fun. So we, we love imagination. We love you know getting away from the business world and, and just letting our minds run. I think imagination is so important, too. What event has happened in your business career that at the time was absolutely horrifying to you that you would say that you would never do again, but when you look back at it now, is probably one of the mo most funniest moments in your life? I think probably one of, the, one of the scariest moments was really deciding to limit my practice and limit who I work with. As a, a business owner, we like to take all the business and come our way. And I didn't care if you were a brand new college student who just wanted to save for retirement or if you were a business owner about to sell your business for $20 million. It, I would take you as a client. And I got to a point where I realized I couldn't serve everyone. And, and I had to make that choice and I had to make that decision of really limiting my practice to the people I can have a big impact on. And that's scary because you start wondering, well, am I going to make it? What's going to happen if I, if I get rid of some of my clients and, and I, I choose to, to really focus? And the first year or so was a little scary. You have people come and you start turning away business and you're like, what am I doing? Why am I doing this? Is this really the right decision? And... The more I turned away clients, I got more comfortable with it, and something strange started to happen. My business actually started to grow. And the reason was it was focus. And when you focus, you're able to really direct your products, your services, to serving the customer better. And I believe that's what small business has to be about. It has to be about serving the client, serving the customer, and actually providing value. And that's what all the greatest companies do, whether it's Chick-fil-A, you know, coming up with an app so that the busy moms can walk in there and, and they can order without having to, you know, bring all the kids in, right? It's how do you deliver more value and how you do it consistently and regularly and on a higher level. So choosing to focus, very hard, but I look back and I wish I would have done it from day one. That And that's something that a lot of people forget is it's shotguns only work when you're going bird hunting. 
Every, every, everybody else in the world needs to be able to focus and do, or most people, I should say, focus and do one thing really well. Well, we're about out of time here this afternoon, and I just wanted to thank Tim McNeely here with uh, Lifestone for giving us the opportunity to go ahead and fun- and just take a, a small glimpse behind the curtain of the success that he's enjoyed. And uh, thank you for coming on, on the, the podcast and helping other small business owners succeed. Absolutely. Thank you, Michael. I uh like I said, I love what you're doing, and uh, I love celebrating small business. Continued success to you. Thank you for listening to the Small Business Celebration Podcast. Some of today's music was brought to you by Ted Hammond, and you may find more of Ted's music at ReverbNation.com forward slash Ted Hammond. And that's ReverbNation.com forward slash Ted Hammond. Also, If you enjoyed this episode and gained some insight from it for your business, subscribe to this podcast at itunes.com forward slash small business celebration and give us a five-star review. If there is a business in the California San Joaquin Valley you'd like us to interview, reach out to us on Facebook and let us know. Until next time, I am your host, Michael Roberts of the Small Business Celebration Podcast, and we wish you a strong and profitable business.